1, Psalms chapter number 5 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible said, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Now this is strong, but this is right. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. David said, but as for me, somebody ought to shout right there. I mean, somebody ought to just go ahead and get in tune with me because you ain't in tune if you ain't excited about that. David said, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. And make my way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Does this remind anybody of the kind of people you're having to deal with on a day-to-day basis? He said there is no faithfulness in their mouth. And their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Somebody ought to throw a hanky or something and say, bless his name. Let them ever shout. I don't like all that shouting. You don't like the Bible, friend. Let them ever. That means always shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield. My friend, I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad we've got a God that we can rejoice in even when the enemies are against us. Amen. David said in verse 8, look with me one more time, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. If I could, I want to preach this morning on this thought, being a godly example before your enemies. Being a godly example before your enemies. Let's pray together, please. Father, we love you. 
Lord, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand and preach your blessed word one more time. Now, Lord, I'm not worthy of this. God, I'm a sinner, Lord, by nature. I'm a sinner by choice. God, I choose to do wrong. God, I choose, Lord, to bring dishonor to your name in my life. And Lord, I stand here, un- uh, uh, Lord, unworthy and apologetic, God, with a heart of sorrow. Lord, and looking at your holiness compared to my unholiness and seeing your righteousness, Lord, in light of my unrighteousness. Lord, I pray this morning, God, that you'd use me to spite me. God, you'd fill me, Lord, and speak through me and to me this morning. God, these people are not here to be entertained. Lord, they're not here for a talent show. But Lord, God, they need to hear your voice through the Word of God. And so, Lord, I'm asking you this morning to touch me, fill me, and use me for thy glory and thy honor. Oh, God, help me preach, Lord. God, one more time, Lord, I stand in need this morning, Lord. I pray, God, you'd anoint me with thy power. And for what you say and do through me, we'll thank you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. By way of introduction, may I say it is here in the book of Psalms where the psalmist David has penned a prayer from his very own heart unto Almighty God. May I say within this particular psalm, uh, this psalm is written in the format of a prayer as a solemn address uh, to God at a time when David has been brought into great distress through and by the malice of his enemies. Uh, May I say as a matter of fact, uh, if you know anything about the life of David, you understand uh, uh, that this psalm could have applied to many places and many portions of his life. David knew what it was uh, uh, for uh, for the enemy to rise against him. David knew what it was uh, uh, to go through times of suffering for. Scarcely uh, was there a time in his life uh, that this psalm would have not been uh, applicable uh, to his situation. May I say just as Christ would do uh, in his life and in his sufferings and, uh, against his enemies. Here we find that David goes uh, uh, before God uh, and makes a powerful and prevalent appeal. Uh, it is here that just as Jesus would do, David again appears to be solely dependent upon the Heavenly Father. Uh, I'm amazed that David's faithfulness uh, in the midst of battle and in the midst of conflict uh, and in the midst of uh, the enemies that come against him. I'm amazed uh, at David's faithfulness to go directly to God. How many of y'all would agree? And I don't know why God's had me here uh, for the last couple of Sundays, but how many of y'all would agree that this generation has a problem uh, when things go wrong and people rise up and uh, the snares of the devil are laid out? We've got a problem in this generation uh, about going to everybody uh, that cannot help and fell in to go to the one who can. And here David goes to God. My friend, may I say when it comes to dealing with your enemies and those who oppose you and those who have set out to consume you, listen to me now. The best way to respond to the enemy is to go to God. 
May I say it is not our duty nor our obligation as children. By the way, thank God He is our Father. Can I tell y'all something this morning? Oh, Sidney Weaver preaches and he gives this illustration all the time. He said, I was raised up. He said, my daddy was... A, this is his words. I'm about quoted. I've heard him say it so many times. He said, my daddy was a head-busting, back-cracking police officer. He said, my daddy didn't play games. He was a man's man. said, if you got in a line, he'd straighten you right up. He said, I'll never forget one day. He said, I was out at school. We was out in the ball, uh, ball yard and out in the courtyard playing ball. And he said, there's old boy that said, he's going to whoop me as soon as the bell rang. And he said, all right. He said, I didn't want no trouble. But he said, I was going to do my best to stand my ground. He said, I remember being scared, but I wasn't going back down. He said, now we got to go and we got to roll in it. He said, that boy was fixing to do a number on me. He said, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, a police car pulled up to that, to that ball court outside. Said, my big head busting back, cracking daddy. I stepped out in uniform and said, hey, that's my boy. He said, I'll never forget it. He said, when I see my daddy show up to my, up to my defense, he said, something in me swelled up. He said, I was like a baby rooster. He said, all of a sudden, I wasn't dreading the fight no more. But I stand and say, come on, boy. Bring it on. You want some of me. May I say this morning, child of God, that there's times in your life that the enemy's going to really Okay, how spiritual we are. There's enemies that put fear in you. There's an enemy that makes you take a step or two back. There's enemies that will bury you in a corner if you're not, if you're not careful. But my friend, may I say that there is a God with an all-seeing eye and we don't have to fight those battles alone. He'll step in our lives and He'll step in front of our ways and He will stand in the gap between His children and those that are coming against them. David goes to God Almighty and said, Lord, I need help. May I say as Christians this morning, your mindset ought to be one of righteousness. Can I say this morning, you ought to remind yourself of this truth. The battle is not mine, O Lord, but thine. It's not our battles to fight. As children of God, all of our battles are actually battles for Him. He said if we'll come to Him and cast all our cares upon Him, He'll take them for He cares for you and me. May I say I understand this kind of mentality is much easier said than done. But how many of y'all can bear witness with me this morning and say that God is a lot better at handling our problems than we are. He's a whole lot better at being God when it comes to problems. Even people problems. May I say David is a king. Bear with me. David is a king. And no doubt whom a lot of a, a lot of people looked up to and adored. I mean this ain't just somebody brother Shelby. This is King David. King David has many people who look up to him and respect him but may I say within our text we see that even kings have enemies and beggars are they're simply nothing more than beggars approaching the king of kings and lord of lords can you imagine the king can you imagine the president can you imagine the overseer of a country the man that has more power than anybody else coming to God on behalf 
life of an enemy. I'm telling you what we're doing, we're living in a day where, the, where, where princes and pre- presidents and kings and majesty, they take things into their own hands. And that's why we've got why we've got the situations we've got in. They've quit going to God. They're trying to fight their own battles. But may I say, even the best of little K kings down here are nothing more than a beggar when in the presence of Almighty God. For He is King of kings and Lord of lords. If anybody would have had the power to overcome their enemies, you would assume King David did. But even in all of his earthly authority, we find that there is never enough manpower to bring peace in a problem, in a situation. My friend, listen now. Only the good God of heaven can calm the wind and the waves of the storm. Even if it's a spiritual storm, even if it involves your enemies, it is here in our text where the Lord began to reveal the importance of being a godly example before our enemies to me. God directed my attention there to verse number 8 where it says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Can I tell you this morning, it is here where the Word of God enlightens the heart of man concerning the importance of being a godly example before a godless enemy. Can I say I found throughout the years that many people strive to do right simply for their testimony to pass at the test before those who are righteous because people are looking up to them. You know why? Some of y'all here today, you knew you'd let somebody else down if you didn't come. May I say there's a there's a sense in that I respect. There's a, there's a regard there that I acknowledge. I, I want to do right because I understand that each and every one of you are looking to me as the example. I'm the example. The Word of God said, I get that. That cannot be my only motivator. And that cannot be my only drive. I can't just do right for you, friend. We must do right for Him. We find throughout the years I found so many people will try their best to be a godly example for those that look up to them. I've also found there are select few that try to do right simply to please the Lord. And that's the way it ought to be done to bring honor and glory to His name. But then I have also found this uh, that many times Christians excuse me, we'll drop all standards and we'll drop all convictions and we'll drop all expectations of their testimony and godliness when it comes to dealing with those who are their enemies. Are you listening to me today? I mean, people trying to do right for those who are looking out in the church and people trying to do right, you ought to do right for uh, because the Lord is looking down watching our lives. But somehow or another, we've reached a place in our Christianity where people think uh, when it comes for, uh, to people looking down on them uh, all of a sudden now there's an escape from godliness all of a sudden now there's a way out from living a godly life uh, uh, but you better hear me and hear me well uh, I, too many times people approach their enemies with this mentality that anything goes so to speak uh, when someone does them wrong or purposely attacks them or singles them out my friend uh, what David said in verse number 8 is very convicting if you'll think about it 
He said, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. In other words, Lord, help me to follow you more now. Lord, help me to represent you more now. Lord, help me to walk in your will, your word, your works and your ways more now because I am faced with an enemy. Most people try their best to just ease their way around God when it comes to dealing with an enemy. But David embraces him. Notice verse 8. I mean, it's sticking out to me. He said in verse number 8, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight. That word straight in its context simply means plain. Make thy way plain. Make thy way evident. Make thy way clear before me. In other words, God, it's King David again. I've got enemies again. And Lord, here's what I need you to do. Because they're looking at me. You know, listen to me, folks. You people that are against us, they're not really against us. They're against the God that lives in us. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of spiritual darkness and wickedness. Because who lives in you? They're an enemy. Listen, an enemy of a child of God is an enemy of God. Uh, all those who are inhabitants uh, and who are uh, uh, participators of, of sin and uh, of, uh, of iniquities this morning, hear me now. Uh, all those who are lost are an enemy with God. Uh, uh, my friend, uh, what should we do when the enemy rises against us? Uh, you should guard your testimony more. You should walk in the ways of God more. You should follow the words of God more. You should cling to the will of God more. Is anybody listening? I'm telling you that the enemies are coming and how you respond will determine how you succeed when dealing with your enemies. So many people, they just give up and give in when it comes to enemies. They lose all their testimony because somebody has rose up against them. May I say David's approach concerning his enemies is quite contrary to that of the large majority of Christians today. David is right for wanting to be righteous. Would you agree? He's not in the wrong, Brother Eric. The enemies are against him and you know what he's wanting to do? Be more like God than he was the day before. He's not wrong. May I say David here sounds a whole lot like the Lord Jesus Christ to me. You all remember when the devil tempted the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. The Lord didn't let his guard down. As a matter of fact, he walked closer with God during those 40 days and 40 nights, I believe, than he had prior simply because he had a devil on his back. And he went to the Word of God and said, as it is written. You remember old Judas betrayed him. Yet Jesus washed his feet and Jesus called him friend. Judas was the enemy of God. But my friend, God did not make himself an enemy of Judas. Can I tell you this morning, when they hung him on a cross and they spit in his face and they plucked his beard and they they mocked him and ridiculed him and stripped him naked, put a crown of thorns on his head and a cat of nine tails in his back, nails through his hands and feet, my friend, he hung there what was his prayer what was his testimony he looked up to the heavens and said father forgive them 
for they know not what they do. May I say being a Christian means to be like Christ. And it's here that David deals with his enemy like a Christian ought to. This mentality of bless God. I ain't putting up with all that. I'm going to show them it's not of God. It's our flesh that rears up. I'm guilty, friend. And you know what I know? I'm not the only one. You're guilty when people do you wrong and come against you for throwing in the towel and letting your guard down, letting your testimony slip. Somebody needs to be like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them. That's a whole lot easier preached than live, but it's right. Here's a sobering question. Why shouldn't we have to endure strong attacks from the enemy? Huh? Why in the world do we take it so personal when trouble comes? I mean, we do. We get upset. First thing we, we wonder is, why me? Well, here's a good sobering question. Why not you? Hey. Somebody said, I didn't sign up for this. Let me tell you what you signed up for. You got saved. You signed up to follow Jesus. And when you follow Jesus, they hate you. When you follow Jesus, they despise you. When you follow Jesus, they reject you. When you follow Jesus, they want to kill you. When you follow Jesus, they make fun of you. When you follow Jesus, they'll ridicule you. When you follow Jesus, they'll falsely accuse you. When you follow Jesus, they'll try to corner you. When you follow Jesus, they'll try to set you up. When you follow Jesus, they'll try to make an example out of you. When you follow Jesus, you'd better know the whole world's against you and trouble's coming and enemies are real. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's time to stand up and face our enemies with a good testimony. You better have a good testimony, a godly testimony before your enemies. Being a godly example before our enemies. Why shouldn't we have to endure it? What makes you and I so special that we should be exempt from spiritual warfare and relentless opposition and great suffering and great enemies? Brother Eric, why, why, why shouldn't you have to deal with problems? Come on, somebody. The, 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 this rainbow unicorn cotton candy flower walking through the fields of flower mentality of most churches today is false. It's a false hope. It's a false gospel. It's a false Jesus. It's a false redemption. It's a false religion. It's heresy. And they're hirelings. My friend, listen. If you're going to walk the path that Jesus walked, you guess where it'll lead you to? It'll lead you to dying on the cross. Follow Jesus, you'll follow him straight to Calvary. August the 8th, three years ago. He said, This take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You want to be like Christ? You better go ahead and get ready for enemies. Somebody ought to help me today. Oh yes, you better get ready for enemies. My friend, it's not the enemies that will destroy you. Listen to me. It's not the enemies that will take us down. It's you and how you respond to your enemy that will either take you down or take you up in the midst of battle. May I say the fact is you have great enemies that that you're not even aware of. There's people that hate my guts. They don't know the first thing about me. 
But they know who I am, who I live for, and who lives in me. And they hate my guts. Uh, may I say this morning, enemies are watching. Some of them are watching from afar. And the very things that you think no one's noticing about you, when you let down your example and you let down your testimony, you're giving them the very ammunition they're going to need and want to fire uh, shots at you uh, and wrongly accuse you. Just a reminder that the enemy will always scout the target before they shoot at it. There's a whole lot of people that's enemies with you. They're sitting back and all they're doing is watching. They're scouting you and then when they get their material, they're going to take a shot at you. Are you listening? I ain't going to just go throw up a deer stand in the woods somewhere and just start shooting. I've got to put time in to sit back and watch my prayer. I got a time when they come out in the fields. I got a time when they go back. I got to see where they're coming from, where they're going to. I got to find out where they're sleeping and where they're eating. I got to find out what they're doing in the middle of the day. I got to find out which direction they approach from. Because not all directions is good direction. Even deer know that, friend. They know you can't just walk in a field from anywhere. There's certain ways in and out of the woods and the fields that they'll take. And you know what I've got to do as a hunter, as the predator of the prey, if I'm going to harvest and take a shot and take a kill shot and harvest that ammo. I've got to sit back and I've got to scout. Listen, they don't send troops over in, in the Middle East unknowing what's going on. But for weeks and months, sometimes years, They've got satellites watching their enemy. They've got spies out in the woods watching the enemy. And they know everything they do down to the time that they'll brush their teeth. And then all of a sudden, once they've scouted and got their report, they'll go in for the kill. That's exactly what your enemy's doing this morning. There's people you work with, you ain't got no idea how much they really are against you. Let me tell you what you're going to do if you're not careful. You're going to let them sit and scout and watch, and you're going to give them everything they do to make you look like a fool. You want to know why they want you to look like a fool? Why is it, why is it that everybody else at work can have affairs? And everybody else at work can get DUIs. And everybody else at work can steal. And everybody else at work can get in bar fights. Everybody else at work can swap mates. And everybody else at work can smoke and dope. And nothing's hardly ever said. But my friend, if we was to slip up and say one word, that we shouldn't, it's the talk of the whole company for six months. Or if you was to, if you was to accidentally get mad and show your temper, all of a sudden you're the high of everybody's week. I'm going to tell you why. Because we're fighting a real enemy. And he's after you and me. And he's after the God that lives in us. And they're trying every way they can to make a godly example a bad one. You better guard and take consideration of your testimony in the presence of your enemies. Can I say the quickest way to gain victory in times of warfare is to do what David does. What's he do? He runs to God. Well, they're talking bad about me. They're targeting me at work. What should I do? Should I? Should I? Let me tell you the best person you can talk to about it. Are you listening? They're running my name through the mud. I, I, bless God, I'm just going to show you know what happens when you're trying to defend yourself? Yeah. Nine out of ten times you get in the flesh and you don't defend yourself, you make a fool of yourself. Amen. You want to know the best way of defense? 
Just stop what you're doing, tell him what's going on, and live for him. He'll take care of the rest. I had preachers look at me in my eyeballs six years ago <clears throat> and tell me that church down there will never make it. Yeah. I had a preacher look at me in my eye and he said, You need to pack her up and move out and get rid of the sheep will go wherever they want. He said, You need to pack her up. He said, You won't last two years. Mark my words. Yep. You know what it did? It broke my heart, really. First of all. And then, second to that, I didn't go to every preacher I knew and every, every campaign I knew. And I, I didn't go over there and tell everybody, listen what so and so told me and bless God and try to retaliate. You know what I did? I went to God and said, Lord, yeah. when He went around, He was talking to me. You told me to start this work, and that's what I'm going to do. Amen. The only way it's going to last is through by your help. That's it. Yeah. I don't care if you're pastoring the church or bagging groceries at Walmart. The only way you're going to last in anything is with the help of God. Amen. <laughs> It don't matter what you're doing. You better have God's help and God's hand on your side or you'll fail, you'll splinter, you'll fall. You'll fall. Right, preacher. Right. I feel You better know as a Christian, they're after the bagger at Walmart. If he's a child of God, all hell's coming against him. A child of God that's working on diesel motors, all hell's coming against him. A child of God who's washing cars for a living, all hell's coming against him. A child of God who's sitting behind a computer making phone calls, a child of the the demons of hell's after him. I'm trying to tell you this morning, the enemies are real, they're great, they're watching, and they're scouting you out. You've got to leave a godly example before the enemies. You've got to run to God, resist retaliation, remain humble, and rest in His holiness. I'm going to say that again. You've got to run to God when dealing with your enemies. You've got to resist retaliation. You can't do it because when you retaliate, you have said no to God. I don't trust you with this one. I'm taking it into my own hands. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous ground. Resist retaliation. Rest. Uh, Run to God. Resist retaliation. Remain humble. Are you listening to me? They're going to cuss you like a dog somewhere down the line. As bad as you want. Maybe you don't. I do. As bad as I want to cuss them out back. Help me right there, somebody. You're the preacher, yeah? And my flesh likes to cuss. Does? Come on, somebody. Quit looking at me like that. Pull your religion off and get real. You cut me off or cuss me out, I don't want to cuss you out back for you. I do. God bless your hearts. 
When somebody starts something, I like raising hell. Yeah, yeah I do. Right. But if I'm going to be a godly example right. before my enemies, I've got to learn how to refrain from retaliation. Amen. Then you're going to have to rest. Learn how to rest in His holiness. I don't know if everybody's like me, but when I know somebody's got a problem with me or they're starting something or there's some kind of conflict, man, it, it, it drives me crazy. It's like a canker sore. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't go fishing, I can't do nothing without thinking I've got to do something to fix it. Let me tell you, all that does is stress you out. It don't help the situation. Easier preached than lived. I understand, but it's right. What do we do? Rest in His holiness. Right, amen. God, they're saying I'm this, and you know I'm not. Right. Okay, let God defend you. Rest in His holiness. Amen. Being a godly example before your enemies. Listen to me. No doubt David's life had been filled with people who looked up to him and honored him and reverenced him, but now David's life is filled with people who were looking down on him, disrespecting him, and disregarding him. Now say you won't have to live for Jesus long to figure out that your life will be the same way. Amen. I've seen both sides of that. I've had people that don't know me from Adam come up and say, Brother Josh, I heard you preach one time on this or that, or on the internet or at this church or that church. And boy, you was a real blessing and a real help. Thank you for that. And that's a blessing. And I've also got people that don't know me from Adam that say everything they can find out, everything they can make up. And listen, I've been on both sides of the fence uh, and so have you. But my friend, the Christian life is full of opposition. I wish I could tell you that by serving Jesus, your life would always be a breeze but sometimes it's a tornado. I wish I could tell you that by serving Jesus that your life would always be like a bag of popcorn. Warm, buttery, and tasteful. But sometimes it gets burnt. Thank God. Are you listening to me? It ain't always rosy. Sometimes it's hard. You got enemies. If you're really trying to live a spirit-filled life, you can mark her down. You're going to face some real enemies along the way. Can I give you a news flash? Not everybody wants you to succeed. They don't. You think everybody's pushing for you? No. Some people's pushing, but they're pushing against you. Not everybody wants God to promote you. Well, come on, somebody. By the way, if you get promoted, it's supposed to be God the one doing the promoting. And he ain't gonna promote those who are trying to promote themselves. Yeah, man. I said he ain't gonna promote them who are trying to promote themselves. God has to be the one to promote you. Amen. What do you mean? Pick you up, take you to new places, put you in leadership. That's all God's business. Amen. You know, not everybody wants God to use you. They want you to drop an egg. They want you. They want. They want God. To, they want to be able to go say that God sits you in a corner somewhere. Right. They're enemies. There are folks out there that would love nothing more than to see you and me fall flat on our face. Right. Are you with me? Amen. But again, they're not the problem. You're the problem. Right. How's that, preacher? Well, it is 
for how you deal with them and live for God during the midst of their attacks. That is what will often determine how others will decide whether or not what all them people out there are saying about you is true or not. You realize they could be making up bald-faced lies about you, but if you respond the wrong way, everybody in town is going to believe them lies that they're making up. If you don't respond like a Christian, they're going to believe every bad thing they've ever heard about you. You've got to respond right. May I say don't confirm the lies of the devil with a carnal response. People believe what they see more than what they hear. They hear that you're this and that, and then they're going to look at your life to see whether your life confirms what they heard. They believe what they see. If you respond the wrong way when dealing with your enemies, all you're doing is making their lies appear to be true. So, all that gets me here. What should we do? I mean, I'll give you a pretty big scenario here. There's a real enemy. They really hate you. They're really after you. And you're supposed to do right by them. So how are you going to do that? How should I tackle this issue of ungodly enemies? Lord, help me. I want to look at a few verses and I'll give you the answer. By the Lord's help, I'm preaching on this thought today. Being a godly example before your enemies. Being a godly example before your enemies. Number one, let me say this, let me remind you. David knew what it was to stand before an enemy. Stay with me. David knew what it was to stand before the Philistines in battle. David knew what it was to walk out on the battlefield as a boy to face Goliath of Gath. David knew what it was to flee for his own life as Saul sought the killing. David knew what it was to be mocked, ridiculed, and hated by the enemies of God. David knew what it was to have a bounty on his head. David knew what it was for his own son, Absalom, to betray him and seek to take away his throne. David knew what it was to have to face a lion and a bear. He he knew what it was to stand before that uncircumcised Philistine giant and all the way down to his own son. David knew what it was to stand before his enemies over and over and over again. David had a lot of them throughout his life. And if you're going to live a life that pleases God, you will too. So what do we do? First of all, number one, we find David's prayerful plea. You know the best thing you can do when you're trying to be a godly example before your enemies? One of the greatest avenues of warfare we have is prayer. Look in verse 1. Now stay with me. Right here's the meat. I've, I've given you the appetizer. Right here's your meal. Verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King, my God. For unto thee will I pray. What do we do, Brother Josh? We, uh, we see David's prayerful plea. May I say the best way to deal with your problems and problem makers is through and by prayer. It is here where the psalmist David makes a beeline to the throne room of God. Can I remind you, are you with me this morning? Can I remind you that prayer is one of the greatest weapons of warfare? I don't understand why mankind is so quick to rant and to vent. That's, that's two things that's possible in today's world. I, I, excuse me on Facebook. I need to rant. My God, quit ranting on Facebook and go to God in prayer. They rant and vent and gossip. 
about their problems and people who are causing their problems. Can I ask you a serious question? What good did that do you? Uh, come on, somebody. We're not at a funeral today. We're in church. It's okay to say amen. What good is that doing any of you? How many, let, let me ask you like this. How many of your Facebook friends came over to your house the day you ranted or vented to try to help you figure things out? <laughs> Come on, somebody. What about this? How many people took time to call or text you with a verse of encouragement when you went to work and blew up on them? Come on, somebody. How many times did your actions that were wrong help you proceed in the action that was of warfare? Come on, somebody. Most of what you share with others, listen, let me tell you what it does. Most of what you share with others about your problems, you know what they do? They end up being a conversation topic instead of a Christian tool. Sad to say, but even in a lot of our churches, what you share about your life, well, I'm about to step in a mud hole and get stuck, I believe. Even in the church, most of what you share about all your woe is me stuff, all it does is become a topic of conversation. I hate to say it like this, but most people just don't get burdened about your problems. That's hard to accept that. Truth. Are you listening to me? You'd be having the worst day of your life and get on there to church in the ladies' group. I don't, I don't get on there because I ain't a lady for one. For two, it'd drive me crazy if I was on there. For three, I don't like group chats. For four, I don't think y'all should like a meal. Just don't say that. And for five, sometimes some things get a little out of hand. And the wife has to say, what do you think about this? You know what? I've got to realize I've done, done no job. I'm in mud hole. I've done stuff. So I'm just going to spin my wheels for a minute and we'll get out of it. Man. You know what? Let me, let me explain this to you, ladies. On the steel waters laying through. Most of your woe is me days turn into conversation topics about how big a baby you are. That's a hard pill to sell. But it's true. Most of your woe is me days, ladies, please pray for me. Even in this church, they don't go and get on their knees right there and pray for you. Most of the time, I'm telling you what ladies do, or men do for that matter. Most of the time, they look and say, I don't know why they're responding like that. I'm done this way. Are you listening to me? Even in your even in your moments of weakness when you're lying on your sisters and your brothers and you think you're doing right, literally you're bringing more harm to yourself than you are good. Amen. Can I tell you why now? Some of y'all's mad at the ladies. You don't even know which one. You know <laughs> but let me remind you why they're that way. Because they're made of the same stuff you are, and that's the way you are. Amen. You don't want nobody else to be that way, but it's okay for you to be that way. Your problems ought to be important, but everybody else's problems ain't important. Well, I'm still in the mud hole, and I'm still spinning, and I ain't got out yet. See, when you need prayer, you expect everybody to pray. But when they need prayer, it's, I can't believe, here we go again. 
She's back down this road. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling the truth. You don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. That's the truth. And friend, listen, and if it's that way in the ladies' group of church, what in the world makes you think they give a rip at the workplace and on social media? All you're doing is hurting yourself. You're hurting your example before your enemies. Well, he makes a prayerful plea. Within this prayerful plea, we find David's plea for God's attention. I'm just going to give these to you. I ain't got time to preach them. Fellowship Sunday, I get. I try to make two services one. Amen. David's prayerful plea, we find, is a plea for God's attention. Look at verse 1 and 2. What do you need? What... Whose attention do you need when the enemies are against you? You need one person's attention. Are you listening? One person's attention. It's amazing you can preach like this and people falling asleep and looking up and chasing flies. But in 48 hours from now, somebody's going to text me and say, Preacher, so-and-so's trying to destroy my family. What do I do? I'm telling you right now if you'll listen. Come on. Within this prayerful plea, we find David's plea for his attention. Look at verse 1. How does David start off his prayer? By telling God to listen to him. Come on, somebody. Verse 1. Give ear to my words. Not hello. Not good morning, Lord. Not it's me, David. First words out of his mouth. Give ear to my words. Oh, Lord. Consider my meditation, verse 2. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my king. Oh, my. And my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. He, he, he makes a plea for God's attention. May I say, instead of begging for man's attention and affection, when faced with an enemy, you ought to seek God's attention. Secondly, within this prayerful plea, we find David proclaims God's authority. He says, O Lord, my King, my God, verse 1 and 2. Can I say David knew if anybody was going to be able to help him, it was God and God alone. Can I tell you, David proclaims God's authority. By the way, even the devils believe, they fear, and they tremble at his name. But David has more than just a name. He's got a nature. I wish I could preach it like I got it. I said, David's got more than just enough. We all, we all get cracked up. I guess you could say it. These videos you'll see, you know, this color lady. Lord in Jesus' name. And we all take, you know, that's kind of fun. They rebuking the devil, rebuking our children, rebuking rebuking our sassiness. In Jesus' name, they'll shut your mouth. And we'll giggle. But the fact is, I mean, there's a whole lot of power in his name. Amen. Amen. But you know what David has? He has more than a name than that. We tell you all something. Who in here saved? Would you just be honest? All right. Proud of that. Let your hand. I'm saved, born again by the blood of the Lord. All right, you put them down. How many of y'all say it without a shout of doubt? I've already faced some enemies, but I, I know, Brother Josh, I'm going to face some more. Would you raise your hand? I know. It. I mean, they're coming. All right, all right. Got their own same page. So you're saved. And you know the enemy's coming. How many of y'all know there's power in the name of Jesus? How many of y'all know that? Well, put them down. Let me give you some more good news. Not only is there power in His name, but we've got more than a name. I'm not just flashing the rest of the 
and this is what they'll no 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 I've got more than just the name I've got his nature his power his deliverance his victory living on the inside and so do you so why in the world do we run every direction but the right direction when the enemies arise we forget who you are brother John there's like some boys that's a whole lot bigger than big eating on a football team. Unfortunately, some point, I hate to tell you this, but one of them's going to start to help me. This is my own word on that. That's fair. It is. I've been there doing that. That's right. <laughs> and they start starting with you, and it's all just you, just big eating. You, you, you're thinking, well, I'm going to die trying, but I might die. But if you look over you, Shoulder, here comes big thunderclap John. So <laughs> you know what all of a sudden you do? What'd you say about me? Right. You'd be like a little baby rooster, son. <laughs> Chest stuck out, fist balled up. Say it again, punk. Uh, Why? The daddy's there. Did I remind you, child of God, that enemy that's raping and raping and raising right. all kinds of pain in your life? You're scared to death. Can I remind you who you daddy is? Does anybody listen to me? Wow. I, mean, I thought somebody would shout or something. Can I remind you who your daddy is? Right. Amen. I'm going to say it Can I remind you who your father is? Amen. You said you said you raised your hand. Can I remind you all you got to do? Listen to me. If I was in trouble, all I had to do was go home, tell daddy about it, and I can lay my head down and know all is well. Because daddy's involved. That's it. That's right. Daddy's mad. You know what I know about my daddy? He's pretty strong. He's pretty mean. I've seen him fight once or twice. He looked like he can handle the job. But even if he couldn't, you know what I know about him? He'll shoot you, daddy. <laughs> I know he would. I know if I'd shout out that he'd shoot somebody. Yeah. If he had to. Yeah. He would. Mark my word on that. That's why sometimes I get like a little back of rooster in here. I can preach a lot better with daddy in the back row because I know if you rise up against me, he's going to kill you, son. You come after me, you're going out in the body pain, friend. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Why is it when the enemies come against us, we tuck tail, hide, and run, and cry, and suck our thumb? He's our father. Thirdly, within his prayerful plea, David prioritized his appearance. Verse 3, he said, in the morning. My voice shall bow here in the morning, O Lord, in the morning. Can I say David knew in order to keep his testimony and be a godly example to his enemies, he had to make spending time with God top priority. I'm being a little lengthy today. I know you ain't getting a night service to be honest. He had to make spending time with God a top priority. In the morning points to the very first thing David does each and every day. How can you remain a godly example before your enemies? You've got to spend time with the one you're trying to imitate. What is a Christian? It's to be like How are you going to be like somebody you ain't never around? How is David going to be a godly example before his enemies if God and Christ is his last resort? It had to be his first resort. Brother Brother Eric, he had to spend time with God in order to be godly. Amen. Which I, I try, I just, you know, when I get caught up in the moment, I just I mean I just lose it. Right. 
You want to know why you lose it? Because you're trying to be like somebody you ain't talked to in six months. You're trying to be like somebody you ain't got a real close, intimate, personal relationship with like you claim. You can't imitate God if you ain't around God. Amen. You can have a whole lot of head knowledge, but until you have a personal relationship, it ain't going to be like I don't care how much you know here. And then it gets here, it ain't coming out. That's right. Wow. What's in you comes out of you. And if it ain't in you, it ain't coming out of you. That's why something don't blow up every time. I learned that. I used to be one of them. Amen. I knew I thought, why in the world can't I do what I know? Because that's as far as it went. Amen. I knew to do right, but until it got settled and really in me, I could not do the things that I would, Paul said. Amen. I wish I could do right. Paul said, I want to do right and I do wrong, and I don't want to do wrong and I do wrong. Yeah. What has to happen? How will you be a godly example before your enemies? You've got to go to God first and foremost. In the mornings. Secondly, David's. How do we see David deal with this? How's a godly example stand before his enemy? Secondly, David, we see his powerful persuasion. Verse 4 and 6. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak least. And the Lord will not abhor the bloody and the deceitful man. Verse number 4. In other words, Lord, an enemy of mine is an enemy of thine. How can you remain godly before your enemies? How can you be a godly example before your enemies? You must be powerfully persuaded as David is that God, not only am I bothered by them, so are you. Y'all see that? I feel like I've lost some of y'all along the way. Some of y'all done, done checked out on me. How are you going to be a godly example before your enemies? You've got to be powerfully persuaded. David says, all right, Lord, they're against me, but by being against me, they're against you. And I'm persuaded that everybody that's against you, you're going to take care of them. You'll destroy them. You hate the workers of iniquity. Now, I'll say if we've ever seen a day where those who oppose God and the things of God, if we've ever seen a day that they have risen from the trenches and declared war, we're seeing it now and we're seeing it today. Verse 5. You know what the Bible said? The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. In other words, God, I know you're going to take care of mine enemies because they're enemies of you for they're workers of iniquity. Verse 6, thou shalt destroy them. In other words, God, you said you'd take care of men like the ones who are after me. You said you'd destroy them so I'll get out of the way. How can you be a godly example before your enemies? Quit trying to personalize it. Quit trying to fight them. And let real eyes be persuaded that God is against workers of iniquity more than you are. And He can handle what you cannot. You could try to overcome them and you might in certain areas or two. But God will ultimately destroy them. Let God take care of it. David is at peace even while standing before his enemies because he is powerfully persuaded that God is going to take care of them. My friend, we're living in a day where the enemies of hell have been awakened from a trance. Are you listening to me? We're living in a day where a preacher who preaches truth... I've got six minutes. I'm going to be done. Six minutes. I might have to come back to this Wednesday. Because I'm really rushing. 
We're living in a day where a preacher who preaches truth is depicted as a madman and a senseless serpent who wants to do nothing but bring harm instead of help. And he's really trying to help. Let me give you an example. This right here is going to hair lip some of you. It will. It's going to. I don't know it will. I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going here. How many of y'all seen the video clip of the pastor preaching about first responders and EMT and firefighters and all that? Raise your hand. I'll be honest. How many of y'all think the guy's crazy and it made you mad? Raise your hand. Okay. There's some more. Let me explain something to you. I don't personally know this man. Never met him in my life. Brother Eric sent that to me. And I can read you his exact words. I, I, something along the line of this guy's an idiot. And immediately, when he said that, I went and watched the video. And immediately I thought, hold on a minute. What he said, if that's all that was said, I agree. He should have said that. That was stupid. But there's always two sides to the story. So you know what I told Brother Eric? Hold on. Let's not jump conclusions. Wait till we find out the rest of it. There's more to the story. A couple days later, the pastor makes a video. I'm just giving you an example. This world hates Christian people. And the devil's good at turning Christian people against Christian people. Let me tell you, explain what he's going on. I can share a video if you like. The pastor gets on there and says, I just want to address the video that's been shared. He said, there's all kinds of people that are upset, and I yep. understand that. He said, there's all kinds of people that are mad at me. He said, but listen, here's what they don't know. He said, it's the I, has anybody all ever seen, the, seen on YouTube the IFB uh, badpreachers.com? John Dorsey's preaching here Saturday. He's on there. Right. Their whole target, their whole aim is to take Bible-believing preachers and make them out to be jerks and mean, mad men causing harm. That's who published the video. And as soon as I seen that, I said, hold on a minute. See, some of y'all, as soon as you said you raised your hand, I'm not getting on to you. That's fine, I understand. As soon as you said that, Brother Eric's a deacon of this church. He called him an idiot. But wait a second now. Push back from the table. He might not be an idiot. You know what he was dealing with? He had three men in his church who were volunteer firefighters that were cheating on their wives, coming to church, and swapping mates. See, they didn't put all that in the Right. And what he was saying is not true collectively. Not everybody that's a volunteer firefighter, even if it's a first responder, is an adulterer. Not every, all of them are, are tied up in the soap opera. Not all of them are looking at it that way. But for his church, those three men, that's what they were doing. And as their pastor, some of y'all, I told you, he's going to have it, some of you. As their pastor, I am going to tell you, he had every right to say what he said to the sheep of his flock. Oh, yeah, he's pastor. He was right in saying, Y'all need to quit tracing an adrenaline rush and going that because they was getting an adrenaline rush from the from the work. They was pursuing that, laying out of church, and they was also getting an adrenaline rush, adrenaline rush from 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 cheating on their lives. Now I'm gonna ask you: You want a real pastor or not? Real pastor. That's why. We're on the road. Call that, Bill. 
job is to sit with the sheep when he sees danger to say, hey, hold on a minute. Stop. And they twisted that man's message. They took a phrase. See, that's how every false religion ever came into existence. They take one part of something and leave everything around it out. Come on, somebody. And then they'll run with that one verse and they left every detail that's around that verse out. So for each of you this morning, that's just one example. I'm glad the Lord did give me that because it's, it's fresh. That's just one example of how the devil's working. You know what I believe about that man? I don't know him. I could be wrong. But I believe he was genuinely trying to have this church. I do. They may not be a fool. They may not be a madman. They may not be a bigot. They may not be a dictator. They may not to. Well, he does a quick preaching lesson. He preached the Bible. He was 